Thank you. Thank you for that. And may all beings be healthy, may all beings be happy. I'd like to begin the programs by uh, quoting my guru, Swami Muktananda, who began every program by saying in Hindi, Sabko Varisanmani Kesat Pense Hardik Swagat. With great respect and love, I welcome you all with all my heart. And he would always say that to welcome another person with love is the highest worship and the highest yoga. And so in that spirit, I welcome you all tonight. Now these programs, uh, I always honor the great teachers, the great beings, the great realizers, uh, who I've, I'm convinced are the secret, the greatest secret treasure of humanity. These great beings have achieved the highest goal and they guide us to achieve it ourselves. What they've achieved is nothing different from what exists within us. It's not any special uh, factor or ability they have. It's just that they have taken the trouble and uh, they had the passion to attain it and they attained it and they say, here, this is available to everyone. This connection with your deepest self, with your true self, is available to everyone and they show us the way to do that. So I honor them tremendously <clears throat> and I, I have a, a sort of a roster of great beings that I, uh, I adore and who've given beautiful teachings. And I have one that's my favorite. And he is this person. My guru, Swami Muktananda. There he is uh, in his most charming aspect without his teeth in. <clears throat> what else do you have? <laughs> with his teeth in. <laughs> and uh, this is in Ganeshpuri. This is Baba, obviously I think during a festival day and uh, I spent the, the early 70s with him in his ashram in Ganeshpuri near Mumbai. And what else do you have? Uh, and this would be on... Fallsburg. Not Fallsburg. This is on tour uh, in New York, in the New York ashram. Uh, great. <clears throat> so tonight uh, we'll hear from Baba. There's no, in my estimation, there's no teacher greater than Baba and no teaching more beautiful uh, than his teaching. Uh, so, first of all, we have uh, a dialogue, a question and answer from Baba's tour of Australia in 1974. And I happened to be on that tour. That was uh, after my stay with him in the ashram. He invited me to come on his uh, world tour. And uh, we came out to, uh, there was a party of uh, 10 or 15, I don't remember. And we, we came out to Australia. <clears throat> and uh, we went to Perth. And then we came to Melbourne. And then we went to Sydney. And this is a, a little dialogue uh, with some devotee, uh, Mayor Baba devotee in, in Sydney, 1974. Question. Mayor Baba, now Mayor Baba uh, was much more well known in those days, probably less well known now, but he was uh, 
a disciple of Upasani Maharaj, uh, and he taught a path of devotion. <clears throat> anyway, he says, Mayabhava gives a sort of bhakti yoga. Does Bhava think this is similar or the same as Siddha yoga? Uh, now, bhakti yoga is the yoga of devotion, the peculiar yoga. Uh, Siddha yoga is what Bhava called uh, the path of uh, kundalini yoga, the path of Shaktipat, the awakening, and, and that. It's been called various things by various people. Baba called it Siddha Yoga, the perfect yoga, the yoga of the perfected ones. Bhagavan Nityananda called that same yoga Raja Yoga. And uh, what we do here is Siddha Yoga, but for because of um, copyright issues, <laughs> we call it Shiva Yoga, but it's the same yoga, the yoga of the Shaktipat awakening. And Baba says, Bhakti yoga is one aspect of yoga. Others are Laya yoga, Mantra yoga, Hatha yoga, and Raja yoga. Siddha yoga is a complete yoga. It encompasses all the four yogas. Hatha yoga, Laya yoga, Bhakti yoga, and Raja yoga. And here I would explain all of them except that Baba is going to do it. <laughs> Baba says, you can reach perfection in Bhakti yoga through loving God. Bhakti yoga means becoming absorbed in the deepest love of God. So that's the devotional path. And uh, it's usually characterized by chanting. Chanting is the great path of uh, devotional yoga. <clears throat> he, then he goes on, Laya yoga is the yoga of meditation by which a sadhak, a seeker, merges with the inner reality through inner absorption. That's the fulfillment of Laya yoga. Laya is to merge, to merge with the highest. So the deep path of meditation where you, you merge with the self, you merge with the deity, you merge with the highest, merge with the inner energy, this is Laya yoga. Hatha yoga, Baba says, in Hatha yoga one practices asanas, pranayam, and the six purifying exercises and thereby reaches samadhi. So we know asana is what goes, what, when we talk about yoga uh, in the West, they say yoga, they mean hatha yoga. Yoga, of course, is much more comprehensive than that. Hatha yoga is one part of yoga. Hatha yoga, we usually mean postures, physical exercises, but it also includes pranayama, which are breathing exercises. You breathe in different rhythms. When I, before I met Baba, uh, I studied with Haridas Baba in India, and he emphasized, we did a lot of asanas, uh, postures, but he emphasized pranayama, the different breathing exercises. You breathe in different rhythms. The idea is that when you control breath, the mind is controlled. It's approaching it from behind, as it were. And it's also very good for health and many other things. So pranayama and the six purifying exercises. I love to scandalize uh, newcomers by telling them my, my experience of these with, with Haridas Baba. Uh, they include uh, dhoti, which is um, uh, either uh, pouring water through the nostrils or else running a cloth from one nostril to the other. Oh no, in the nostril and out the mouth. Uh, and um, 
Then uh, uh, there are a number of ones. The most spectacular was called Doti, which was swallowing 24 feet of cloth, a little bandage-style cloth, and then pulling it up. Because it goes down into the stomach, and so we pull it up, you inspect it, and you see all the mucus and all the stuff that's on it. And it actually is very, uh, very, very difficult, let me say, but it's also very, uh, very good. These are all classical yoga uh, methods. This is Hatha yoga. Um, in Raja yoga, the seeker contemplates the ultimate truth. Raja means the king of yogas. This is the supreme yoga. Contemplates the ultimate truth and through this contemplation reaches a state which is beyond contemplation, beyond thought. And that is the goal of Raja Yoga. So we understand the highest truth. Baba says, after you receive Shaktipat, the awakening from the guru, the transmission of uh, energy from guru to disciple, after you receive Shaktipat, different kriyas or yogic processes happen spontaneously such as asanas and even purifying exercises, such as doti and noli. Noli is when uh, you rotate the stomach um, in the most extraordinary way. And I've actually seen people do that spontaneously under the influence of, of kundalini. I've never seen doti practice spontaneously. <laughs> I don't know what that would be like. <laughs> but unless, well, never mind. <laughs> Hatha Yoga comes to you spontaneously. Um, the thing about the awakening of Kundalini is that the yoga unfolds spontaneously. Back in the 70s, um, there were a lot of very physical kriyas, very visible, very loud. Uh, the people were moving and shaking and bouncing. Um, it still happens to some extent. Uh, and that's the movement of the Kundalini. It happens spontaneously. But also... It can be more subtle than that. There can be um, move, devotional movements or inner movements, movements of energy and uh, uh, visions of light and so on. All these things happen through the uh, awakened kundalini. So he says, uh, uh, how it comes to you spontaneously. As you meditate more and more, the mind becomes absorbed in the inner self, and that is laya yoga. So all the yogas are contained in Siddha Yoga. The Siddha Yogi passes through four stages. These are, those are precisely those four yogas. You could say a physical stage, a devotional stage, an intellectual stage, a visionary stage, all these stages you go through. As he meditates still more, pure and divine love rises from within and begins to flow through all the nadis. All through all the nerves of the body. <clears throat> During the course of meditation, the true understanding of your reality rises from within and you become aware of aham brahmasmi, soham, I am Brahman, I am he, which is the goal of Raja Yoga. So Raja Yoga is based on these great statements, these Mahavakyas from the Upanishads, which say, which say, Aham Brahmasmi, I am Brahman, that in my innermost nature there's not one bit of difference between the divine and me. Or saying in a different way, 
that my essential, my soul is divine. I can have a lot of stuff around that divine, a lot of personal dross and ego, but at my core, there's divinity, and that when I identify with that highest, I can move towards that highest. <clears throat> Just as uh, Yogi Sri was saying in the shower, he remembered that he was God. You identify with that <laughs> highest. <laughs> <clears throat> Reminds me of a story, actually. You want to hear it? <clears throat> anyway, he says, so all the different yogas, all the different yogas are contained in Siddha Yoga. Baba used to say that all the time. Uh, once upon a time, there was uh, a saint, and a businessman came to him. And the businessman said, uh, um, you know, I don't have time to uh, practice. I'm so busy. And he said, and the saint said, well, nothing, I can't do five minutes, ten minutes of meditation. No, can't do it. Always busy, always making money and making deals. He said, uh, well, what do you do when you're in the shower? He said, nothing, I'll just take a shower. He says, okay. <clears throat> when you're in the shower, say the mantra. Just during the time you're in the shower, say the mantra. Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya. Can you do that? Okay, I'll do that. So he started doing that. Every day he would, med he would take a shower for five minutes and he'd say the mantra. And that was his entire practice. So one day he died. <laughs> and they lay his body out and they're going to uh, cremate him. But first they, um, uh, the priest came and, um, and uh, chanted mantras over him and sprinkled holy water, and sprinkled Om Namah Shivaya, and sprinkled holy water of him. At which point the corpse raised up and said, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, and then fell down and they burned him. So this is the power of mantra. It's a Baba story. So. What? Yeah, that had nothing to do with you except you mentioned about something in the shower. Don't take it personally. I know how sensitive you are. He's a very sensitive soul, even though he seems so hard-boiled. Isn't that true? Yeah. So uh, this is from this is from uh, March of 1965, which is way back. This is. Uh, early, well, well before I met Baba, uh, question answer, devotee asked Baba in Ganeshpuri. <clears throat> I stayed for the month at the ashram of Sri Vinoba Bhave. Um, he, was, uh, he was a freedom fighter and, and who worked with Gandhi and he was also a holy man. He had a, an ashram. So he says, while I was there, I noticed that about 75 of his devotees were government officers and ministers why should saints become entangled with ministers? <clears throat> and Baba says, in the olden days, there were Raja Gurus, or Gurus to the kings. The kings consulted them regarding political and personal affairs. This was beneficial to both the king and his subjects. There was a marriage of spirituality and uh, politics. Very, now it's completely divorced. 
the royal gurus were adept at all arts and sciences. They possessed the strength of tapasya. They'd done spiritual practices, and because of that, they had a profound inner strength. Because of their selflessness and impartial outlook, they could recognize the truth in any situation and give good advice. Vinobhaji is a saint and has faith in Brahman, in the absolute. What harm can there be in ministers seeking his company for advice? I had the same experience I've, I've mentioned when I first met Baba, because I was coming out of the 60s when there was a tremendous bifurcation between the counterculture and, and uh, the power structure. And uh, there was this awakening of kind of spiritual understanding, but it seemed like completely divorced from the, uh, the capitalist system. When I got to Baba, uh, there he was sitting on the lawn in Delhi, thousands of people there, and prominent among them were uh, army officers and all kinds of things, which I associated with the military-industrial complex. And it blew my mind. It was the first bit of mind-blowing I got from Baba. And I, and, uh, be, and I didn't, uh, it didn't freak me out, but it expanded my understanding. And it was that, that, that uh, you know, Plato said, when philosophers, philosophers become kings and kings become philosophers, uh, then you have heaven on earth. And around Baba, it was like that. And, uh, and in India, it was possible for uh, political and uh, military figures to connect with the divine. So, uh, great thing. Marcus Aurelius, one of the great uh, Stoics, is an example of a philosopher king. <clears throat> Another one, devotee, I have too much anger. How can I subdue it? Very succinct answer. Baba, apply your faculties of reflection and discrimination each time anger arises and will automatically cease, no, decrease. That's it. That's the medicine. Apply your faculties of reflection and discrimination. That's the way to handle anger. Don't just submerge yourself in anger, but think, is this good for me? Does this achieve anything? Contemplate it and you'll get over it. Good answer. <clears throat> Another one. Question. I feel great resistance towards people and towards the guru as well. What should I do? That's a good one, isn't it? <clears throat> Baba says, let there be resistance towards the guru. What's he saying there? He's saying, don't worry about that. That's all right. Not accepted so much as just, okay, okay. Don't worry about that. How much are you in accord with yourself? Set that aside. How much in, are you in accord with yourself? You have a problem with the guru, you have a problem with other people. What's your relationship with yourself like? If you're not in accord with yourself, how can you be in accord with the guru? <clears throat> Only one who is his own friend can become a friend of others. Although you may feel resistance towards the guru or towards anyone else, in reality, the feeling is aimed at yourself. Not comfortable in our own skin. <clears throat> it is better to root out your resistance and replace it with love. 
Saint Tukaram was asked, if God offered you a wish, what would he, you ask for? Tukaram was a great saint of Maharashtra, great poet saint. And he replied, I will not, I would ask not to hate anyone, but to see everyone as the same self. In Baba's language, to see God in each other and everyone. Uh, Baba says, I once read about a man who said to another, I want to dig a hole for my enemy. The other man said, why not start now? So the first man started to dig, and soon he stood waist deep in the hole. The second man remarked, see what has happened? You dug the hole for someone else, and who knows when he'll turn up. But just now you're the one who's in the hole. <laughs> Baba says, we think ill of others, and who knows when that thought will reach them. Meanwhile, we're the ones who burn in that thought. So hatred has to go through you before it gets to the other person. So it burns you. <clears throat> Very good. Uh, how are we doing? I have a couple more. Are still, are still with me? Yeah, good. Good? Enjoying? My time's not up. <laughs> Here's a very good one. This is, uh, let's see, October 29, 1971. This would be from Ganeshpuri, but in my day. It would be a question answer. Um, well, you know, we used to go into Baba's room and ask him questions during those years. Uh, so this is one from uh, Usha S, not our Usha, but some, uh, that was, uh, we called her Cindy Usha, one of the office girls there. She says, the Lord says in the Gita that one's own dharma is uplifting while another's is injurious. What is the meaning of this statement? One's dharma, one's duty. Baba says, swadharma, One's own dharma is very noble and uplifting. Its nature is very profound. As in, what is your, what do we call it in, in our terms? What is my path or what is my, my life path or what is my, how do, what do we call it? Role. What? Role. My role. Journey. Journey. What's that word? Journey. What, what's the right journey? Yeah, what's my path? Okay, you get it, you get it, you get it. It means something slightly different in India, so we'll get to that. Its nature is very profound. Everything has its own swadharma. Take the case of the senses. It is the swadharma of the eyes to see, the nose to smell, the ears to hear, and the tongue to taste. Whatever is one swadharma can never be harmful. In the same way, there's such a thing as a man's swadharma, as a person's swadharma. And I just, just that reminded me of, a, of one of uh, Bhagwan Nityananda's aphorisms and his inimitable style. Uh, you want to hear this little one? Yeah. He said, Bhagwan Nityananda said, the ear would be of no use in place of the eye. The work given to the legs should be done by the legs. The hands are not suited for walking. The hands do their work, but they cannot think. Thinking is done by the brain. 
Each person must do that for which he is suited. That's a killer expression, I think. That says it, doesn't it? Ah, but that's a big question, isn't it? For what am I suited? <clears throat> Baba says, you find fanatical people giving all sorts of views on Swadhamma and saying all sorts of things about it. There are some who say that it is one Swadhamma to put a sacred mark on his forehead and to worship only one image in the temple. Others say it's one Swadharma to direct the attention to a being dwelling in the heavens. But according to the Gita, because this thing uh, is from the Bhagavad Gita, that one's own dharma is nectar while another's is poison. According to the Gita, the concept of Swadharma is very different. According to the Gita, one's highest duty is to worship the self, the Lord who blazes in the heart of all. From the point of view of Swadharma, it is not within the range of your duty to worship a deity other than your own self, your inner self. The motto of the ashram is worship your own self, meditate on your own self, chant your own mantra. This motto is rooted in Swadharma. So Baba would say this, there's your mundane dharma, what your life path is, according to your education and your station in life and your training and your the way you are, the way your proclivities. But then every person has a swadharma, a highest dharma, which is to know the self. So that's swadharma. Baba says there are so many different kinds of duties, yet the Gita <clears throat> joins us to give up all of them. The Lord says, Lord Krishna in the Gita, give up all other duties and take refuge in the indwelling Lord. Yanashwar Maharaj, another great saint of Maharashtra, says, don't speak in terms of dharmas and adharmas, righteousness and unrighteousness. Both dharma and adharma are relative terms. Righteousness is relative to unrighteousness and vice versa. Yanishwar says, give up both of them because all these notions are imposed on the pure self. During sleep, men enjoy deep peace beyond good and bad. Again, in the highest nirvikalpa samadhi state, the highest state of meditation, he is no longer conscious of righteousness or unrighteousness. So swadharma is beyond mundane dharmas in the state of, in the highest state. Lord Krishna says in the Gita, give up all duties, take refuge in the inner self, become one with it. Therefore, meditation is the universal swadharma. <clears throat> and for all sex and races. It is the religion of all religions. So to actually know the self beyond all religious rules and regulations and uh, customs of your, your social class and your family and all that, beyond all that is to know the self, meditate. We should discover the meaning of dharma within ourselves, not coming to a decision relying on concepts derived from others. The bliss of God, the divine truth, the state of recollectedness, the nirvikalpa samadhi state is the highest inner dharma. In our terms, we would say we're talking about the upward shift, the movement, the upward movement of shakti within, that when we follow that, 
then we're following the highest dharma. When we follow the inner truth, and that truth is palpable and visible, and we can experience it. <clears throat> Baba goes on. If one were to neglect the inner self and only practice external dharma or outer forms of righteousness, he would never find peace. Outer forms of worship, remembrance of the external Lord, and chanting mantras, which have nothing to do with the inner self, have much less power and significance than devotion to the self, strength of the self, worship of the self, inner japa and inner contentment, which gives a direct experience of the inner shakti. So it's saying that if we worship the shakti inside, the energy inside, we learn to navigate to the clear space of good feeling within ourselves. That's the true dharma. That's the swadharma. <clears throat> you can obey many external rules and regulations. A lot of religions are filled with rules and regulations. But if you're not nurturing your soul, then you'll just be dry and miserable. <clears throat> he goes on. One's own self is the supreme being. There is not the slightest difference between the self and the supreme being. One who sees them different does not have true understanding. <clears throat> Awaken the inner shakti through meditation and know the truth for yourself. That statement of Lord Krishna is entirely true because one's highest duty is to worship oneself, to meditate and contemplate it, and to see everything in the self. <clears throat> the Upanishads say, what can be higher than one's own self? One seer says, when I look here, I don't find anything different from me. When I look around, I don't see anything different from me. Everywhere I look, I see nothing but the self pervading all, and there's nothing higher than the self. Therefore, Baba says, man's swadharma is to merge in the self. Only then will he realize true happiness. Everyone likes to be honored and applauded for his achievements, but the thing which should be applauded, the respect that is due, the honor given should be to the self. That's why I'm constantly saying, worship your own self, meditate on your own self, remember your own self. Only when you merge in the self will you have performed your swadharma. Only then will you achieve lasting happiness. <clears throat> Baba said this again and again and again, and even though he says it that way, it's, it's one thing to hear it, another thing to truly understand what he's saying. For that, you have to go through an inner process of examining it. So what does he mean by knowing the self? What is the self within me? How can I attain this self? And you have to work with that. And gradually, as you meditate, and as you go deeper, and you do self-inquiry, it becomes clear, then it becomes crystal clear. And then you know what that state is, and then you lose it. And then you come towards it, and then you lose it. And then gradually you grow in being anchored in that space within. And this is the path that Bob is talking about. And that is Aswadharma. And it's because we all feel that urge that we meet in satsang, because we realize that external answers are not going to satisfy us, not ultimately. Okay, one last one. This is uh, more a fun one. This is from 1976, and in the Siddha path, Sally Kempton wrote, 
this is a description of Baba's European tour in 1976. Uh, she wrote, one of the high points of Baba's five weeks in Europe was meeting the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi at TM headquarters in Switzerland. The two were eager to meet. So as you're gonna hear that uh, Baba and Maharishi Mahesh Yogi were always on a collision course. They always were hearing about each other and finally they got together. Can we show the picture? Now that could be, they met twice, because uh, <clears throat> the second time I was there was in India, Ganeshpuri. Uh, Maharishi came, uh, that might have been in India. <clears throat> so Maharishi said, <clears throat> I'm always thirsty to have the darshan of saints. It is really a blessing that one of the great saints of India is visiting us today. We hope to get something at his feet. I can describe at length the glory of Muktananda and Nityananda. Baba's field is consciousness, which is transcendental, in which everything flows. He, Maharishi really shows an understanding of who Baba is. <clears throat> Baba's work is a blessing for us because today in the world, we're trying to raise and attain world consciousness. The work which Baba does in this direction is very necessary and a matter of great joy. The Vedas talk about consciousness which created the world. The same consciousness flows in the presence of Babaji. Today, you're getting the blessings of his presence. A Swami is one who does not practice, but flows in his own nature. To flow in his own nature is the religion of a Swami. It's the Swadharma. To flow in your nature means to flow in the self. In him, consciousness is in its own place. It's a great line. Consciousness is its own place. It's in its natural place, not distorted by neurosis and by worry and, and uh, selfishness and anger. <clears throat> not only does he flow within himself, the world also flows with him. Consciousness constantly flows from him. Muktananda is one such Swami. Today is the occasion to flow in that flowing consciousness Therefore, now we will go beyond words and I request Babaji to bless us either in silence uh, with the flow of consciousness or in words. But I think he will bless us both ways. So Baba graciously responded to Maharishi's loving remarks. <clears throat> Baba said, the meaning of the word Maharishi is great. Our scriptures say that the world was created by seven Sages, seven rishis. These were the Maharishis. <clears throat> Today, one such Maharishi has created a new world here too. He's doing very good work. He's put many young people on the path of meditation by which they've benefited greatly. I've wanted to meet the Maharishi for a long time. Many people in America used to ask me if I knew him, if I knew TM and the Maharishi, I would tell them that I was going to meet him. And today we finally met. I knew his guru also, who was a very great saint. And Sally wrote, at this point, Baba took the opportunity to give the 1,500 followers of the Maharishi a teaching about the guru 
and a lesson in the highest truth. Baba said, today a guru is very necessary on the spiritual path. But what do we attain from the guru? Nothing new. We attain that which we've already attained. The pure becomes pure. With the help of the guru, we manifest God in us, who is already manifest. It is very easy and natural to become pure in the presence of a pure being. In truth, everything is perfect. Having created the world, God himself entered into it. Therefore, everything is consciousness. Everything is perfect. It is only understanding which can be imperfect. Everything is perfect, only our understanding. The one thing in the world that is restless and, and difficult and creates misery is our own understanding. If we make our understanding great, then everything is fine. He says, it is the perfect which searches for the perfect. It is the perfect who wishes to be perfect and is expectantly waiting for the date on which to become perfect. I have not come here to give you anything new. You already have it. You have within you that place, that state, attaining which a person regards pleasure or pain as ordinary things. This state is an easy chair in which yogis can sit comfortably. This is the place of attainment. Great meeting, huh? <clears throat> so I think that's a very good um, dharana for meditation. He's talking about the clear space of good feeling. This place is an easy chair in which yogis can sit comfortably. So for 10 minutes, let's meditate. <clears throat> so sit in the easy chair of your own self. Just sit comfortably in your own self, completely accepting who you are, accept whatever arises in your mind, good thoughts, bad thoughts, anything. Sit comfortably and accept everything. And let yourself go deeper inside, knowing full well that consciousness, perfection exists within every person and within you. So let's meditate now for 10 minutes. And once again, with great love and respect, I welcome you all with all my heart. Satguna Maharaj Kijay. Let's meditate now for 10 minutes. <clears throat> 